I'm excited for what is lying ahead for the rest of this quarter. As uh, you know, Pastor has declared that 2024 is the year of overflow. And so we are still in the year of supernatural acceleration. I want to say to somebody today, don't ever doubt God's goodness or doubt God's timing. Uh, we saw last night, I think if ever you've seen a natural example of supernatural acceleration, how to win a game in four minutes, I think you saw that last night. And so in the spiritual realm, we see that it's exactly the same. You might be out of the game for 75 minutes and you think it's over. And then suddenly, there is a suddenly a sound came from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. And God comes through at 99. Come on. I know it's a natural analogy, but I say to you, don't ever confuse. God is on the throne. God is not confused. God is not slackened off. God is not take, uh, he doesn't take a sabbatical. He doesn't take leave. I'm God. I change not. And I say to you, whatever you're believing God for, whatever you have been believing God for, for this year, you stand on that promise. You stand on that word. You don't start changing your confession to suit your theology or your theology to suit your situation. You don't start speaking words of death. You don't start saying, well, if only you stand on that word. God is able. Amen. And so our scripture verse for next year is Ephesians 3 verse 20. The Bible says now to him who is able to do exceedingly, that word exceedingly is hooper over and beyond, abundantly more than above. Also the same meaning as exceedingly hooper over and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So I want to tell us this morning as we launch out in this new series of preparing for overflow, we have to shift certain perspectives because sometimes we can be snowed under or bogged down by just the things of life, the natural things. And the enemy wants to come and bring always continual deception. He wants to bring uh, confusion into the ranks of your world. But I want to tell you this morning, our God is a God of the overflow. Can you say amen this morning, Cape Town? Oh, come on. Can you say amen this morning right there online? God is a God of the overflow. That word overflow, it means to fill, to fill a space to capacity and to spread beyond its limits. I want to say to you again this morning, God wants to fill every space of your life, every place where there is still an empty space. God wants to fill that space to capacity and spread beyond its limits. Speaks of a glass of water or a whatever a container. You pour it, it's empty, it fills to capacity, but then God keeps pouring until it exceeds its limits. And there might be areas of your life this morning as we shift perspective and we start to focus and we start to go into the last two months of this year and we start to jot down what we believe in God for for next year as we start to write our goals and our visions and our dreams down. I want to say to you, don't limit God by having small visions or small dreams for 2024. The Bible says what? That word overflow is to fill a space to capacity. So what areas of your life this morning do you, have you still got some capacity for God to fill? What areas of your life have you perhaps filled those spaces with fear or doubt or unbelief? I want to say to you this morning, the Bible says now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we might ask or think, according to the power that works in us. So we have received a power, a power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen this morning? Jesus says in John 10, 10, He says, The thief comes only in order to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to full, listen, until it overflows. So we're speaking about preparing for overflow. We're speaking about shifting perspectives. We're speaking about not limiting God in certain areas of our life. Listen to what your Bible says. The Bible says what? That I, the thief comes only in order to steal and to kill and to destroy. Let's not be ignorant. Peter calls him a, a, a roaring lion. He walks around as a roaring lion. 
The enemy is a cat with a megaphone. We, are, we serve the line of the tribe of Judah. We are seated in heavenly places. We have been made alive together with him. We are co-laborers with Christ. So we are not afraid of anything else. But the Bible says that the thief will come into your mind. You have a new heart. You have a new spirit. You don't have to ask God for a new heart. Your heart can't be deceived if you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ, yes, your heart will still be deceived. It'll be in a place of darkness. But if you're in Christ this morning, you have a new heart and a new spirit. But what the enemy will do is he will try his best to bring darkness into your mind, your thought life. Because now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, so your thought life is where the enemy will challenge you. Your thought life is where you want to come and steal, kill, and destroy. Now, he can't kill you physically. He can't steal physically in the sense of what a natural thief would do when you are at church or at nighttime. When does a thief come? A thief comes in the night when you're sleeping or when you're away from your business or when you're on holiday away from your home. You get a report and, or the alarm goes off or whatever it is. But the thief comes only, Jesus says to steal and to kill and to destroy. And sometimes when you're in this race of life, when you're in the walk of faith, the enemy wants to come and he wants to bring darkness into your mind. It's not truth. It's not that you're in darkness, but he wants you to see your future from a perspective of darkness. He's a liar. He's the father of all lies. And I want to say to you as we prepare for 2024, whatever you've gone through for 2023 so far, Maybe 2022. Maybe you're still trying to recover from some setback in lockdown, those seasons. Whatever it might be, I want to say to you, don't allow the enemy to rob you any longer and keep you in darkness because you are walking in the light of Christ. And the Bible says the thief comes only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So we don't, we're not afraid of the enemy. The Bible says we resist the devil and he flees. We don't fight the devil. We resist him. How do you resist him? By talking to him about the truth of where you are and whose you are. To talking about the truth of where you are going. You have to remind yourself and you have to remind the enemy of the direction that God has for your life. The plans he thinks towards your life. So notice he says to steal and to kill and to destroy. That word, he says, but I have come that they may have. Jesus came so you might have. You are allowed to have. He says that you might have in the amplified version and enjoy life. Did you know you are allowed to enjoy life? Did you know that as a Christian? Did you know that you can enjoy life? Did you know that you actually can have a McFlurry and enjoy it? Did you know you can have two whispers and the corner of the packet and not the whole packet, but enjoy it? So many Christians live this morbid, depressing, beige, bland life. Oh, I must lose myself and I must die. No, the Bible says we were buried with Christ. We died with Christ once. He died once and we died once. He says we were buried with Christ. We, were, we died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We were raised with Christ. We ascended with Christ. And now we are seated with Christ. You can enjoy life. You can enjoy life to the abundance, to the fullest, to the exceedingly abundantly above life. Amen. Yes, you can have goals and you can have dreams. Oh, pastor, is this going to be a prosperity message? Well, if you don't want that, let me give you some bad news this morning. There are seven plagues coming from across Robin Island. Do you want me to tell you that? Why do we always start to deflect when we start to hear good news? Why do we start to become resistant? Or we start, because we so, the enemy's got us so deceived sometimes in our minds. I can't even comprehend 
how God can be good to me or whatever it might be you're facing this morning. I want to say to you, we're preparing for overflow. He wants to fill every space to capacity until it exceeds its limits. So he's not just going to fill it. He's going to fill it and then he's going to keep filling it and keep filling it and keep filling it until it runs over. My cup runneth over, says David. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So there might be fights and onslaughts and attacks against your life. And the Bible says God doesn't remove your enemies. He prepares a table before the presence of your enemies. He puts a table where you are seated. Where, where, what do you do at a table? You are seated. And we are seated with Him. And He says He's going to prepare a table. Those people that have been coming and false lies and false accusations against your life, the Bible says God is going to make him, uh, Himself known to you. And He's going to reveal His goodness in front of those people. And they're going to see the God that you serve. Our, our battle is not flesh and blood. We don't gloat that other people get hurt or other people get destroyed. But God says what? I will prepare a table before, for you in the presence of your enemies and your cup will run over. It's an overflowing God. Oh, God is going to bless you. Amen. Your, 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 your life is destined for greatness if you will believe that this morning. Come on. I want you to say amen this morning as we prepare for Overflow 2024. I know, I know, I know. I came that they may have and enjoy life. You can actually wear a Bach rugby jersey, win or lose. Do you know what the difference is between rugby and the kingdom of God? Is that we have to fight in the national for a few weeks to win a cup. We lift up the World Cup. But listen, your cup will permanently run over in the kingdom of God. We don't have a win-lose mentality. You don't have the cup this year. Next year, you don't have the cup. It's not like the world. I know we enjoy this game of rugby, and our nation is in a fight, cricket, rugby, all these things that we support it. I understand that. Not being spiritual this morning that we don't want to enjoy those things. We enjoy those things. But you see, we can lose that cup. But you can't lose if you're in Christ. Why? Because you are a new creature. You're a new creation. Your cup will permanently run over. It is finished. What Christ has done for us on Calvary, He doesn't reverse. There's no eject button in heaven. God, you don't win today and you'll lose tomorrow. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Come on, if you believe that this morning, I want you to give Him a shout of praise all over this place. Come on, Christian. You are a permanent winner in Christ. Amen. You are not a World Cup winner. You are a Heavenly Cup winner. Your cup is permanently full to capacity until it overflows. But what you have to do is you have to allow yourself to see that. You have to allow yourself to see that. Abraham, what do you see? I see myself from my perspective now. What do you, what, where's your perspective, Abraham? I'm fatherless. I'm, 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 I'm sonless. I'm daughterless. I'm, I, I'm, I'm desiring to, to start a family. I'm desiring to, to advance in life. But, I, but I, I, you're the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But when Abraham found himself at this point, when God speaks to him, his perspective is, I'm sonless. And we know that the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. That he might what? Born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those under the law, that we might what? Become adopted as sons and daughters. The spirit of adoption. We are adopted in. We are heirs of the promise. We have the rights to use what is God's. The earth is mine, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. Why? We are sons and daughters of God. We have the right to ask God to use His, His creation while we're on this earth. Why? Because He's our Father. And if you and I, being evil, says Jesus, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more won't our Heavenly Father give us the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of life? I've come that you might have. Amen? That you might have. But Abram is in a perspective of what? He's, a, he's sonless. And God says, Abram, 
What do you see for your future? He says, God, I desire a son. Abram, what does it mean? Exalted father. Abram, A-B-R-A-M. Abram, his perspective is, is, is from where he finds himself now. Your perspective this morning might be where you find yourself now. It might be in a place of battle, a place of fight, a place of financial struggle, relationship battle, sickness, disease, whatever it is you might be facing. It might be a difficult year. You might look at, at your future and say, I'm not sure how we're going to get through this. But the Bible says God finds Abram, exalted father. And he says, I want to change something in you, Abram. I want you to see your life the way I see your life. I want you to see your life from a different perspective. He says, your life right now looks barren, but I'm going to let your life overflow. He says, go outside. Now, before uh, Abram could complain about load shedding, there was no electricity. So he had a lot of darkness. And he walked outside. When's the last time you've done that? When I grew up on a farm, my grandfather had a small farm and we grew up there. And when the sun sets, you know, sometimes the electricity, there's no lights. And the, 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 you, you'll be astounded how many stars are actually above your house at night. Because we live in the city, the, the natural light blocks out sometimes our ability to see far. But do yourself a favor sometime. Maybe some of you need to do that for, for homework this week is drive out here on one of the, the roads out of the city lights and just stop your car on the side of the road and be safe and just look up. Look at those stars. And God says to Abram, Abram, what do you see? Exalted Father, you, he's, you're not a bad person. You're not a bad place, but I see more, Abram. He says, what do you see? He says, I see the stars, God. He says, count them. He says, God, that's impossible. I, he starts to count. I mean, how, he says, I can't count it. He says, that's what I see for you. I see you what? Not Abram, exalted father. I see you, Abraham, father of many nations. Now, when God sends a promise to us, and as a movement, as, as we uh, declare these, these, these themes for our move, other churches have other things. They have words or, or themes for themselves. And as being part of CRC, I encourage you. Get into the slipstream of the prophetic unction and the, the prophetic utterance of what has been spoken over this move. So when the move is declared, overflow 2024, get into that slipstream. Get, right, take Ephesians 3 verse 20, go print it out big. Uh, go into a printing company, print it out big, like huge, somewhere in a prominent place in your house. Remind yourself. When you walk into your house after a difficult day, you look up and you go, oh yes, I remember. Now to him who is able, the good work I began in you. God has started a good work in you. He has not forsaken you. He's not left you. He's not going to leave you nor forsake you. Amen. And Abraham goes and he starts, God changes his name. I'm not saying you should change your name. But what happens in Christ is we change our identity. He says from, from poor to rich, from, from depressed to free. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. What do you see? You have to see what God sees. Oh, Abram, I see not just one son. I see you becoming the father of many nations. How? God, how? I, I'm in a place, my, I'm old in the natural. My wife is old in the natural. It's like, how? Sometimes you look at your life. I mean, last night, I'll be honest with you. At the 75th minute, I said, Jesus, how? You can see in the eyes that it's like, How? Sometimes you look at a person's eyes and you go, it's like they, they don't see further than the challenges. It's your perspective here. And the Bible says the thief comes only but to steal and to kill and to destroy that perspective. He wants to remind you of where you've come from. He wants to remind you of your past. And what does Paul the Apostle say in Philippians chapter 3? Forgetting which is behind. I press and I lean to what lies ahead, to the upward call. 
Not the downward spiral, the upward call. Your life might seem like it's going in a downward spiral because the enemy is telling you, you are going to fail, you're not going to make it. I'm here to tell you this morning, as we prepare for overflow, you have to allow God, give God a a, a, a capacity, give God a, a jar, give God a container, your life. And allow your prayer should be, Father, I ask you to stretch the capacity of my container. I, I, if you've got small thinking, if you've got limited thinking, start to stretch the capacity of your container. It's Christ in us. The hope of glory. It's Christ in us. This hope we have is now in earthen vessels. It's inside you and me. And I understand You go, yeah, pastor, the interest rate. I'm not asking you what the perspective is of the natural. I'm asking you to see what God sees. Sarah, Sarai, my princess. Sarai, my princess. Sarah changes her name. Abram, exalted father. Abraham, the father of many nations. I see more than what you see. Not only that, Abram looks at the stars and he says, well, is that at God? He says, no, go to the beach. He says, look at the sea sand. He looks at the sea sand. He says, yes, I see it. He says, you see all the grains of sand on that beach? He says, yes, that's what I see for your future. That's your, that's your inheritance, the father of many nations. Now, we know in our natural brain, just go to one of the beaches here, and in a, in a one square meter radius around you where you stand, there must be hundreds of thousands and millions maybe of, of grains of sand just on a little stretch of beach here. And God says, that's what I see for you. But at that point, the the vantage point or the perspective of Abram at the time was what? I can't see how this is possible. That's why Paul the Apostle writes, and he says, now to him who is able. When you can't see, God says, I'm glad you got to the end of yourself now because now you can step slightly to the side and allow me just to take over you. So we do our part according to the power that works through us. So there is a part that we start to write the vision down. We start to believe God. What is it that you're trusting God for this year? I say this not because I have all my ducks in a row or because I, 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 I don't ever doubt. I say this because I doubt, because I don't have my ducks in a row, because I'm a human. But I say this to us, when a word comes, the Bible says meditate on that word. Take time. Write that, that scripture verse down. Meditate on it. Get in your heart. Now to Him who is able. Pastor, but I've been trying. I know maybe that's the problem. Maybe we've been trying too hard in the flesh and we have to allow God just to do His part. Now to Him. Who is able? What do you see? Lift up your eyes and see. From the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. God doesn't say just to have one perspective vision. He says if you don't see it in the north, he says turn to the east. If you don't see it in the east, he says turn to the west. If you don't see it in the west, he says turn to the south. Having done all to stand, says Paul, stand. Have you done all? Have you just looked there and you said it's impossible? Or have you looked to the left? Have you looked to the right? Have you looked behind you? Have you looked ahead of you? Because God says having done all. There's a part we have to do. You do your part. You look, you walk, you step. And then when you say, God, as I walk, watch the Holy Spirit who is in us. We are led by the Spirit of God. It's the greatest privilege any human can have is to receive Christ and be filled with the Spirit. I has not seen. Let me show you. I'm not making this stuff up. It's in your Bible. Listen to what your Bible says. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. Listen. But as it is written, not as social media writes, not as the newspaper writes, Not as the government writes, not as your company writes, but as God writes. As it is written, I have not seen your natural eye. Abram, what do you see? Now notice, why do I say that? Because Galatians 3 says, 
that when God preached the gospel, Jesus, God preached the gospel to Abraham, he cut covenant with Abraham. And he says, now anyone who is in Christ, the blessing of Abraham comes upon the Gentile in Christ Jesus. So you can receive and walk in that same Abrahamic covenant that he made with Abraham. Galatians 3 verse 8 to 12. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Christ became the curse for us. You can't be cursed in Christ. You can be barren if you don't choose to apply the principles of seed time and harvest. You can be a farmer and pray for a crop. But if you don't put seed in the ground, you'll just be a foolish praying farmer. But if you are a farmer who puts seed in the ground and now he prays for conception, God says now that you've put seed in the ground, I will take the seed and I will resurrect the Christ. Unless a seed, John 12, 24, falls into the soil of the ground. When Christ became a seed, he gave God something to resurrect. Sometimes we're praying prayers of what? Why do you think when eventually when Abram fell or Sarah fell pregnant with, with Isaac and Isaac was born, God said, okay, Abram, <laughs> I've, I've, I've established my earth on a principle, the laws of seed time and harvest. And notice Jesus, God had not let his own son Christ exit his destiny outside of applying the law of seed time and harvest. Unless I, Christ, become a seed and fall into the soil of this earth, Christianity will die with me. It will remain alone. Sometimes we're alone in that room physically. Sometimes we're alone in our thoughts. Sometimes we think, this is impossible. I don't know how I'm going to get, I don't know how, I don't know how this is going to work out because we're alone. We refuse to become a seed. Not, I'm a worm, I'm a seed. I choose. Jesus, do you know they want to take your life? He says, no, no one can take anything from me I, unless I give it to them. You have the authority to keep it or to take it, to sow it or to keep it. You have that authority. I give you the keys. You have that authority. And whenever you are faced with the impossibility, it's when God comes sometimes with, which seems the craziest times. Abraham, yes, aren't you glad I'm a, I'm a God of, of promise? Yes, Father, thank you. Isaac is here. All right. Isaac wasn't your harvest, Abram. Isaac was your seed. No, God, you don't understand. I've waited all this. No, no. Sow him. Sow that seed. And as he goes and he sows Isaac, we know he wasn't the Messiah. He wasn't meant to be the Christ. But he tested Abram in the time of what? Of famine. And we know that God is the God of Abram and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. So he didn't want to kill Isaac. He wanted to get Abram to fulfill the promise that he saw for him when he looked up at the stars. And he says, the way in which you're going to see that promise fulfilled is you're going to become a seed. And he says, I'm going to test you with the seed of Isaac. And we know the story when he listened to that voice, when God spoke to him, Shema. When he listened to that voice, Shema, the Holy Spirit. It is to Shema. It is to listen. Listen. It's not to fear God. It's not to think God is going to change his mind. It's to listen. I know the plans I think towards you, says the Lord. The Holy Spirit is our heavenly GPS. It guides us and leads us into all truth, not into all deception. The thief comes only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to try and get you to walk into a pothole. But God wants you to see the pothole in the Spirit and walk around it. Why? Because eye hath not seen, ear has not heard. Nor entered the heart of man. Listen. Nor entered the heart of man. There are things that have not entered your heart yet. Why? Because God reveals them by His Spirit. And so when you walk in the cool of the day, we rest. Hebrews chapter 4, there is a rest for the believer. When you're seated with Christ, when you go to a restaurant and you're tired, you get home from work, what do you do? You sit. You don't fall asleep and slouch and die there, but you sit. You rest. The Bible says you need to understand. Christ came and when he paid the ultimate price, he was ascended into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And then he invites us up. To everyone who believes, I ascend you with me.
And now you're seated. There's a rest. And from that vantage point of rest, we now see. Lift up your eyes, Abram. What do you see? I see the stars, God. Count them. After an hour, what do you see, Abram? Uh, after two hours, three hours, four hours, what do you see? Uh, I, I've got no more numbers there. He says, there's still more, Abram. I see beyond what you see. I told you, I don't know if I told you, yeah, or whenever it was, but Sharon and I were watching a, I like to watch these YouTube videos on Mars and on Pluto and Jupiter. It fascinates my mind that there is a planet called Mars that the human is trying to get to. One of our Pretoria citizens, yes, is now the wealthiest guy on the planet. He says his life goal is to get human life onto Mars. And there's, guess what? They've got an inundated list. You can apply to go to Mars. The only guarantee is you're not guaranteed to come back. Isn't it amazing? People will tell businessmen will tell humans about Mars and ask them who wants to go to Mars and people will put their hands on lists willing to die for a cause that is they can see and then you, the church asks a human if he wants to go to heaven and he says no. Isn't it amazing? Because they haven't seen it yet. But they can see it. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Nor enter the heart of man. The things that are laid up for those. There are things laid up for you. Not that you have to dig for it. They just laid up. Have you ever gone to a, 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 a place in your house, in your garage, and sometimes you're packing, you're cleaning out things, you go, wow, I remember this thing, and you pull it out, and it was laid up there. The Bible says there are things that are laid up for the believer. And I say this to you this morning, but they are revealed by His Spirit. It's not a fearful thing, it's an exciting thing. Listen, when you're in business, ask God, what do you see for your business? I just see debt and I see customer problems and I see staff issues. No, I'm not asking you your perspective now. I'm asking you, what do you see? Abram, lift up your eyes and see. I want to fill every space to capacity until it overflows, until it exceeds its limits. And so I say this to somebody this morning by the Spirit of God. I pray you receive this this morning. When I got born again, I had a poverty mindset. Every human is born in Adam. It's a stingy mindset. And when the woman saw that this, the, the tree was good for fruit and to exalt herself and to her, her own benefit, she took. The human nature is a taker's mindset. You are a taker. I'm a taker. We're all takers. Look at when we had the riots in South Africa a while back. We were watching how a guy was trying to get a 57-inch TV into a Taz. It's not possible, brother. Put on top. I mean... He's got the thing, I say, it's not getting smaller. It's just, you've taken it now, put on the roof. Just get a nice rope, go back into game and steal the rope and then put, tie, tie the TV nicely on top of the, of the tears. Woo, take, 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 take. I saw, I saw a, a, one clip going back that time where there was a guy, he stole a, a 120,000 rand lounge suite and it was on, the, on his pavement and he was sitting outside having a cigarette and a, and a beer on, your, on the 120,000 rand lounge suite. What is it in us? It's the taker's mindset. Take, 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 take your company's time. Take your company's possessions. Take, 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 take. And then God says, no, no, for God so loved the world that he gave. And he demonstrates this overflow. For God demonstrated his love towards us. That he poured his love out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Not his wrath, not his anger, his love. What do you see this morning as we prepare for overflow? What do you see? Are you seeing 10,000? I tell you right now, God sees much more. Are you seeing 5,000? God sees more. Are you seeing one? God sees more. Are you seeing 100? Whatever you see, God sees more. 
lift up your eyes, Abram, and see. What do you see? But at that point of what you see, he says, your eye hasn't seen it yet. Your ear hasn't heard it yet. The, the telephone call hasn't rung yet. That, that, that approval of whatever it is, that tender, whatever it is, you, 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 whatever place you find yourself in the natural, that, that telephone call hasn't come yet. Your ear hasn't heard it. Nor has it entered the heart of man. Things, if God had to reveal to you now, this morning, right now, if He had to show you what He sees, it will intimidate you. Because you have to grow in that capacity. And as you walk with Him, and as you talk with Him, I mean, I, I, when our kids were small, we all know, I was small, we, all, we were born into this world. You're small. Your capacity is small. And as you grow and grow and grow, your capacity enlarges. It's natural. And so it is in the Spirit. When you are born again, you're small in the Spirit. But as you grow and grow and grow, God ex- expands your capacity. But He says, I, I'm not going to reveal it to you in the natural. I'm not going to show you in the natural. I'm not going to show you through signs and wonders. Show us a sign, Jesus. No. The Greeks look for wisdom. I'm not going to show you in universities. I'm not going to show you on Google. Yes, it, I might confirm something on Google, but I'm not going to show you in the natural. I'm going to show you in the Spirit. For those that are sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit. It's not driven by the Spirit. It's not, it's not forced by the Spirit. It's not threatened by the Spirit. It's led by the Spirit. The Lord is my shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I am the doorway. I ask you, walk through the door and you will have life. And when you walk through the door, you'll walk in and walk out and you'll have pasture. And I will lead you. And I will show you things to come. What things, Jesus? Walk in the Spirit. How do I walk in the Spirit? Wake up in the morning. Be, have a grateful heart. Thank Him. Lift your head. Wash your face. Get your clothes on and walk. And as you walk, eye has not seen. You'll be driving. And suddenly, at the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. Why does God sometimes delay things? Because if He shows you now, it won't, it'll, it'll, it'll intimidate us. I go, Father, how are we going to do this? And sometimes in my life, errors in my life, when I was a young father, when I was a, a young businessman, when I was a young pastor, even now, Abram was 100 years old and God comes and says, I see more, Abraham. I don't write, I don't write yourself off this morning. Recently, that survey revealed the most impactful time in a person's life is between 70 and 80 most of the presidents in the world today are between 70 and 80. And yet you are planning your pension at 54. What gaan dan met you? Ask moog. Moog for what? 100. Lift up your eyes. 70 to 80, the most impactful time of your life. I did a podcast with somebody this week, a young entrepreneur. He asked me to join him on his podcast from another city. He asked me a question. He said, what do you see for the future? for our country. I said, I see great things for our country. He said, how do you see generational collaboration between old and young? I said, very simple. I said, we've got a, we've got a, we've got a, a broken system. Our system of retirement is broken. Did you know in the Hebrew, there is no such word in the Bible. Nowhere in your Bible is the word retirement. It doesn't exist. It's a westernized made system. The Russians invented it. First World War. They couldn't get people to fight for them. And they said, okay, if you fight for us in the war physically, we will give you a retirement. We'll give you a pension. We'll give you uh, money. We'll, we'll, we'll supplement your loss of time. We'll pay you. 
and they started offering soldiers retirement packages. The Americans who fought in the same war heard this and said, let's introduce it into the West, and the West introduced retirement. Now today, look at you, look at us. Insurance companies, you're 55, you're heading, you're downward. You're 60, you, 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 you're way past your prime. Get out this company. There's some young blood. But the surveys reveal the most impactful time in a person's life is 70 to 80. But they're not even in the marketplace. They're sitting in some estate, boarding on pension. Now they've got some, some job to make sure your lawn is mowed because you've kicked him out of the economy. And I say to you this morning, I don't know what your age is this morning, but if you are between 70 and 80 this morning, you see in this place, I want to say to you, you have much to offer. I want to say to you today, you have much to offer. You have much to offer. I am Jehovah El Roy, the God who sees you. Society might not see you. The economy might not see you. I see you. You haven't paid the price. You haven't got the scar for just to sit there and look at your scar in the mirror. That scar is to teach some young little cub what the fight of the Spirit is all about. You see, some of you have got a capacity in you. The second most influential age surveys reveal is between 60 and 70. 70 to 80. American president at the moment is 79, 80. The previous president is 76, 78. That guy does four or five campaigns in a week rallying for his cause. We've got some people, they're 35 and they can't get out of bed. Merachi. No. Yo, Harki. Mark him up. How up so feel Google cake and how up so feel TV cake and Netflix cake and wandel in the gears. Who passed it? Loop net. Mow your lawn with expectation. Wash your dishes. Wash your car. Go to work. Stay in the shower. Expectation. Drive on the freeway. Holy Spirit, thank you that you speak to me. You're driving down the road. You look up and there's a sign. You've driven past that sign 40 times. But this morning, that sign makes a whole different meaning to you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit revealed it to you. And he says, you know that question you asked me three months ago? He says, yes. You know that frustration? He says, that thing and that thing and that thing. There's the puzzle. Bam! And you see it. You get to work and you make one telephone call. Bam! And everything changes. I was a young, struggling entrepreneur. Got saved. The furthest I'd been to, when I got born again, my family did great. They gave us the best. We, we lived great young lives. But just all our family was unsaved. We were all heathens, hellbound heathens. My family, my mother and father got saved first. The Lord called my father by his name. Sat in the balcony over there. And a guest speaker came to preach at a church and he looked up and said, over there, somebody, the Lord speaking to you. And my father went in behind the guy to, to get out of the vantage point. He said, yes, you. And he called my father by his name. My mother got saved. When she got saved, she was slain in the church that morning in the spirit that when they left her there, when they came back for the evening service, she was still there. Now you must know, I'm in the world with Captain Morgan and Coke and these two are now born again. You're going to go to hell. Drink these spirits. Vodka. And the more they're preaching, the more I'm in the spirits. they in the Holy Spirit. I'm in the spirits. And we're clashing here. Get saved. And I start to walk this thing out. Who are you, God? Why have you chosen me? Why have you called me? I didn't call myself. I didn't choose myself. But you know. You know. This morning as I speak, you know. I can't save you. But you know. There's a It's the Holy Spirit calling you to adoption. Hey, do you know there's an inheritance for you? Stop trying to walk this thing out in your flesh. 
I stand at the door of your heart and I, if you will. Okay, not today, all right? Tomorrow. Not today, okay? Me, eight years. I used to go to church, stand in a service like this. Person preaches, smaller church. Does a prayer line for the whatever. There's like six rows. I'm in the second row. My parents were there in the second row. I'm the only one in the row. The woman says, the Lord shows me there's somebody in the front row. I go, lady, just call me. I'm, just, I'm the only one here. I'm here like this. I call it the, the chin chest moment. I skilled full. Lift up your eyes, Abraham. Don't drop your head. Lift your eyes. The enemy will come to you to get you to lift up your eyes, Abraham. What do you see? I'm not asking where you are. Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was. He wasn't talking about his geographical space. Where are you? What do you see, Adam? I fear you, God. No, don't you fear me. I've come to give you life. I've come that you might have. And so I get ready to saved, born again. Start this journey. The Lord takes me on this journey. I don't understand everything. All I know is my pastor at that time passed in. He says, I see you going to America. Let's go to America. Yes, okay. Well, I'm going to America. Sell everything. Sharon's got a job. I resigned my job. She resigns the job. We sell the house. We bought a brand new house. Sell the house. We had it so short, we made no money on the house. I have 10,000 rand. Tell you the number. 10,000 rand. My whole life was 10,000 bucks. And I had to use that money to get to America. We're going to Bible school. I saw my kids, skew caps, NBA, NFL. Yeah, yeah. Water, water. I had all the accents. I was practicing already. I was coming from the Northern Cape. There was only, you know, big hole. So we have to get the American accent. Now we're seeing in the natural. We're seeing. God says, okay, that's what you see. You see America. All right, good. Walk it out. I don't see that. I don't know that. Because if God shows me that, I'm going to quit. God doesn't see that. God sees Cape Town. God sees other stuff. I don't know what God sees. He starts the journey. So visas fall flat. They decline. Because I applied for the wrong visa. That's a dumber was. I didn't know what I was doing. Get to the place to apply for the visa. Whatever. Long story short. Fails. Start this journey. Go back to my past. I said, the visa's a decline. But no. I've got no job. I've given up everything. There's the seed. I'm not asking you this morning to. I don't believe in this give until it hurts theory. I don't believe in it. I believe in being led. Being led by the Spirit. Because God will never tempt you beyond what you cannot handle. And so I give up this everything and. We've got no place to stay. We've got no house. We sold it all. And so we get to a point where we have to find a place to stay. And I, somebody refers me to a retirement dome. Work it out. I'm 25. Matthew's three months old. And Sharon and Aiden are applying for accommodation in a retirement dome. Work it out. I go to the place. The woman that's overseeing the place, she's being held together by superglue. She's almost in the grave. She's off dead. She's like 90. I'm going to use your name, Sarah, because you seem like a biblical reference point. You're very old here. But when she goes to the shower, they just use the iron to get the wrinkles out because she was that old. Amen. It's a joke. And so she says, sir, do you know this is a retirement old? I go, yes, but my options are limited. I've got no money. I've got no job. That place wants to, I hear this cheap. She says, no. Okay. The next morning she phones me. She says to me, I know what it is, but 
I prayed last night, and the Lord said, I must give you the room. I go, thanks. So yeah, Sharon and Aiden and Matthew arrive in the retirement home. We lived in a retirement home for a year. The positive was, they all had hearing aids. So we could play the music loud. They were deaf. We were winning. And then, Matthew would crawl around on his unafeared foot there in the retirement home. And all the old tunnies, ah, now he became like the, he's in all the houses and he's having, you know, that, that he's having ginger biscuits and tea. And we, we, we were having a whale of a time. And I'm going, yeah, I was in America. <laughs> now I'm in a retirement home. What gaan aan? Doesn't make sense. Because I has not seen. Ear has not heard. Now enter the heart of Aden. The things that God has laid up for Aden. But they're revealed by the Spirit. And so, I start a business, fails, long story short, six businesses fail. Drive 700 kilometers in the Northern Cape. Come back, my wife goes, and honey, did you get that big sale? No, zero. In the season of driving 700 kilometers, somebody gives me a cassette tape of a guy teaching on the laws of sea time and harvest. And I listen to sea time and harvest teachings for 700 kilometers, for months. One sale here, one sale there. Transwar, moeilijk, hard, difficult. I don't, God, Sunday, where am I? In church, usher, red shirt, Packing the chairs. By the way, I can pack it straight here without a rope. I see you guys got ropes. It's the new modern way. We pack it with an eye. I was head usher. Then I played in the band. Then I packed in the stuff in the, in the container. We used to have a little tent and container. And then God starting a business. And I say to Pastor Eni, I said, Pastor Eni, there's these new things that we used to have. You know those, those transpirante, those things, those, those overhead projectors. We used to have those things. And Sometimes the lady, she's looking the wrong way and she turns it around and we're singing in tongues because the words are going backwards and it's like, it's just nuts. So they launched these new things called overhead projectors. So I say, Pastor Eni, there's a new thing called overhead projector, this thing. He says, who feel closer? I said, yeah, faith in and what? So in the service, he says, we want to buy this new overhead projector. Who's going to sow the first seed? Aiden, in the service. I go, not me. I remember, I'm the struggling businessman. I remember I went to America. Remember, remember, I'm in the retirement home. Not me. The Lord speaks to me. He says, I want you to give a seed every week of this amount. Irrespective of the week sales. I go, okay, Lord, that doesn't make sense. Abram, I want you to sow Isaac. Doesn't make sense. Jesus, I want you to give your life. Father, if there is another way. If there is another cup I can drink of. So what does he do? He, not, not, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. And the Bible says, Christ surrenders his life as a seed. God never takes or asks you to do something to kill you. He asks something to promote you, to advance you. Abram, what do you see? I see stars, God. I know. I see more than that. I see you becoming the father of many nations. And so, I start to sow the seed. And as I sow the seed, God grows the capacity. A little bit more. Paul says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Don't look where you are now. Be content. Wake up in the morning. Thank you, Jesus. And you walk. You walk by the Spirit. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And so, I walk every day. A little bit more. A little bit more. Sowing seeds. Purpose in your heart what you shall give. It's not about money. It's about seed. I want to advance you, Aiden. Yes, Jesus. 
Walk, sow, give. Walk it out. Sunday morning in church, drums. Next Sunday morning, usher in drums. One Sunday morning, Pastor Danny comes and says, I want you to take up the offerings in the church. I said, no, I've got no money. I can't. I'm not an example of, of generosity. I've got no money. He said, I'm not asking you if you've got money. I'll ask you to take up the offering. And I started teaching in my church these principles. And as I teach it, I get more revelation. And I start to apply them little by little, little by little. Not big. If you have faith like a mustard seed, you shall say to that mountain. We think big. No, no, just mustard seed. And so I walk it out. And when I got saved, like I told you, the furthest I've been out of my city was a, a pleasure resort next to our city. It was like 30 kilometers out of our town. And I, my car I used to pray in tongues to get there. That's how broke I was. I, used to, I was so broke I couldn't pay attention. I was so broke when I walked past the bank, the alarm would go off in case I broke in. And God starts this work in me. It's the good work I begin in you. 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 You might not be doing good things, but it's the good work. And I said, Father, I don't want to go to the pleasure. I want to travel the world. Your word says the earth is yours. The gold is yours. He said, well, ask me. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations. So I said, Father, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask, ask of me. So I said, Father, I want to travel the world. I said, I want to go to 20 countries. I was watching Olympic Games a few years ago and I saw this 205 countries. I said, Father, forgive me for my unbelief. Didn't know there were so many countries. I knew there was one little pleasure resort outside my town, small capacity. Today I've had the privilege of being to over 32 countries, several times to many of them. I've flown first class on airplanes. I've lived in five-star hotels. I've stayed in Formula Ones. I've stayed in a stable when we planted COC Gaborones. That church was standing still and Pastor Danny said, let's go and push that church. And the pastor at the time put us in a stable, literally a stable. The next morning we bought a lilo at game. I slept on a lilo. The next morning when I woke up, the horse was looking through its door because I was on its bed. Literally. Went and hammed out pamphlets in the day. That church had 20 people the first night, 40 the next night, the third night, 100 people, and the church was launched. I say this to you, why? Because sometimes you look at a person's life and you say, must have had it easy. No, I say to you, where are you this morning? What do you see, Abram? Are you Abram or are you Abraham? Behold, anyone who's in Christ is a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, into the heart of man. Long story short, again, they phoned me in my business one day. You know the story. Gave me all the business in the Northern Cape where I used to labor. Those 700 kilometer trips, listen, every place I drove, every town, every town I did business in. When the telephone call came, I got business given to me by Joburg in every town that I didn't get a sale before. Every town. Listen, listen. And I didn't sign one contract. I will give you wells you haven't dug. I will give you contracts you haven't signed. Why? Because now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we might ask of him. Come on. I want you to stand on your feet with me this morning. And I want you to give your Jesus. I want you to give your Lord, your Savior. I want you to give him the greatest shout of praise that you can give him this whole week. Come on. Come on. Come on. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voices this morning. Abraham, what do you see? What do you see? Lift up your eyes. What do you see? What do you see? Oh, come on. Give me one more shout of praise all over this place. I just sense the shackles and weights been broken. Psalm 65 verse 11, final verse. You crown the year with your bounty and your paths overflow. 
God is going to crown this year for you with bounty, with abundance, with much. Pastor, are you a name it and claim it? No, I'm a proclaimer. I'm not a name it and claim it. I'm a proclaimer. So we can proclaim His goodness, who's taken us out of darkness into His marvelous light. God is a good God this morning. You never doubt His goodness. He paid it all for you and I. And all He asks us is, don't ever doubt me. I'm no man's debtor. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that he shall reap. Do not be deceived. Don't fool yourself. God is not mocked. You won't come to me and say, God, why did you do this to me? He says, no, no, no. I'm not the author of confusion. But what are you willing to ask God this morning? Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly about Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.